Theater Directors, episode 28. We are at episode 28. Almost to the big 3-0. One of the last birthdays I've actually cared about. And it was only because I'm now 30. And uh, I'm 30. It's like, I think the beginning of every decade is probably the only one I'll ever care about again. <laughs> so. <laughs> I like that. I cared about it because I'm, you know, it's turning, I'm turning 30 and I'm 30 and that kind of, yeah. that went nowhere. <laughs> oh, would you expect anything different? Sometimes I do expect different and, excuse and me, then I'm not sure. pleasantly surprised when it's not oh. different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, don't, I'll take I'm, that as a compliment. Uh, yeah, I'm never disappointed in you. Never. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I am Matt I James, be, and that not. is... yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. That is Richard F. Patton. And we are back to talk uh, another wonderful movie, because uh, we don't talk bad movies, um, except no. for Temple of Doom. And so, Mummy Returns. Oh, Mummy Returns, yeah. Uh, both are great movies and... in their own way. <laughs> and? I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh yeah, so we are here to talk um, probably one of my favorite spoofs ever made, but it's it's not it's not it's a homage. It's not a spoof. It's a homage. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, but it kind of is a spoof. It is, but it's not. That's why. That's why I say it's a homage more than a spoof. Yeah, yeah. or as we say, an homage. And uh... <laughs> so, can you say that again for me? I want to get the pronunciation right. There's basically there's no age. Just so it's just an homage. homage. Yeah, right. homage. Yeah. Okay, so the homage, homage. are they related to are they <laughs> the homage? Are they related to the Amish? No, they're the homage. So they are a little bit further south no. in the Appalachians. Oh, okay. So they're not Pennsylvania Dutch. Gotcha. No, no, they're like West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia Dutch. West okay. Virginia Dutch. <laughs> they're the they're the homage. So. <laughs> And these guys actually deal in technology. That's how. Actually, no. The homage would be down in Baton Rouge. Ooh. That'd be that'd be Louisiana folk. So 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 Cajun Dutch. Bayou. Yeah, that'd be Bayou. We're the homage. So Ooh, Bayou Dutch. That's that's interesting. I I, I, I there's a Bayou there's Bayou Dutch. <laughs> yeah, the Bayou Dutch. <laughs> where's Where's Raymond? Where's that's the Firefly? Right. Where do we need that's him? Right. We need him to say homage. <laughs> Well, that's Jim Cummings, and he's yeah. actually going to be in Australia in June for a big convention down in Sydney. Cool. So maybe I'll, I'll splurge, get some tickets, and go down and say, uh, "Can you do us a favor? Can you just say homage like Raymond? <laughs> just can you just say that. watch Armchair Directors as Raymond, <laughs> or listen to Armchair Directors as Raymond? Can you do it? Yeah, for it would me? have to be listen because the only people watching it is you and me as we record it. And even then, I don't really look at the screen. So. Hey. Don't. Am I, am I, 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 get, I get all gussied up for this, you know? I have oh, a yeah. shower. I comb my hair, brush my beard. I take a lot of pride in looking good for this. Yeah. You do all that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Makes, well, you know. You look great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Was that so hard? Was that yes. so hard to say? <laughs> so, yes. The uh, spoof, not spoof, homage, homage is, homage, yeah. <laughs> is Galaxy Quest. And Galaxy Quest is a lovable fan film. I mean, not fan made film, but it is a film no, for the fans. Yeah, it's a, well, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's about it's made by fans, about fans, for the fans. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the unofficial. It's a, it is considered an unofficial Star Trek movie by the creators of Star Trek, J.J. Um, Abrams and Damon Lindelof, who kick started the res, the resurgence with um, the movies with um, Chris Pine. They consider mm -hmm. it a Star Trek movie. 
which hell yeah yeah no i mean and i it's so funny i showed this to my wife and she was just like well this is dumb and i'm like it's because you don't know the genre <laughs> Well, that's you know, it, yeah, if you and, and I'm not a big Star Trek fan by any means, but I understand the fandom. Yeah, that's it. If you're a if you're a hardcore fan of something, yeah, you get it. You watch this movie and you recognize a lot of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, um, and, and you you and it's honestly it's the tropes too. It's yeah. It's just it's the style and the genre and like. So we we were talking uh, yesterday actually. And uh, we were watching the movie and um, we were talking how like we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. But we were talking about how the individual cast members had their individual roles and they nailed every single one of them because and that's where you go into the genre and you go into this type of thing where like in Star Trek, in a lot of these movies, each individual crew member has a specific task that they're afforded and they never do anything else. Yeah, no, exactly. That's 100 percent right. And I mean. (laughs) And they I mean, went like so far over that. It was so good. Oh, yeah, it's above and beyond. That's the thing. It's, yeah. Oh, it's, um, it totally is. Uh, Brent Spiner, who who played um, Data in The Next Generation, mm-hmm. you know, very famously, when, when the movie came out, he saw the movie and he said to all the other castmates on Next Generation, because they were all, you know, they're all friends in real life and all that sort of stuff. Sure. We should have made this movie if it had been us making this movie it would have been such a blast and it probably would have been even bigger so his idea was was it's the next generation crew playing themselves and the show is the next generation that's funny yeah but you needed these personalities and that's the thing you needed these comedic performances you needed because that's the thing is you have actors in this movie that our are pretty much legendary comics in our generation and you also have actors that are not known for their comedic chops yep. that nail it because yep. they're such good actors. But you can also tell, yep. through these guys were having a blast making this movie. Okay, so before we get into that, yeah, let's 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 yeah, get we'll it out of the way. Off. Yeah, like I said, I, it, we got a lot we got a lot of um, detail to go into. So let's let's get oh, the yeah. the uh, sen- the one sentence in this case two sentence synopsis yep. on IMDb of Galaxy Quest. 1999. The alumni cast of a space opera television series have to play their roles as the real thing when an alien race needs their help. However, they also have to defend both Earth and the alien race from a reptilian warlord. (laughs) And that's it. That's 100% it. That is 100% it. It really is. It really is. And can't get better um, than that. Yeah, so... This movie, 1999, so great year. We also had our beloved Mummy. Um, mm-hmm. But this movie, was a good year for movies. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was a good. That was just a good, a good run. The late 90s, early 2000s, especially for the in the action adventure style movies. Those those really had um, a lot of great ones um, pulling into that. But you had a um, you had a director doing this that. He's done a lot of stuff, but he's done a lot of, um, I don't want to say odd stuff. He, he's a journeyman director. That's the thing. Yeah. You don't, you don't get a lot of these sort of directors now who can go from genre to genre yeah. and make so, a really good movie. Um, I'm like, guessing like, it's Dean Pariso. I doubt. Pariso, yeah. Pariso. So it's P-A-R-I-S-O-T. So I'm guessing it's Pariso. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so the so the the latest one was Bill and Ted Face the Music. So yeah, and it was okay. Mm -hmm. That was a movie that needed to be made literally 15 years ago, um, if not 20 yes. years ago. But yes. uh, you know, I understand why they did it with, especially with Keanu Reeves' um, career resurgence um, over the last decade. Um, that was kind of a movie that was just kind of forced in, which, Hey, who cares? That's another fan, a movie for the fans. Um, yeah. but he did, uh, he, he directed, um, uh, fun with Dick and Jane, which was a fun movie. Yeah. He has a lot Red, of history yeah. with, um, Tony Shalhoub from, he did yes. stuff with the monk or with monk. Um, so yeah, he does. He's done a lot of TV lately. Um, yeah, more TV than he is movies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even dating back to the 90s, he's done, like, and he's doing um, episode directing in a lot of these movies, or the TV shows. Yeah. So he's done ER, he's done uh, uh, Bakersfield PD, Northern Exposure, um, Great Scott. He did it. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't he know what did, that is um, Reading three Rainbow. Episodes of Monk. Five episodes. Okay. An episode of Modern Family. Uh, he did two episodes on The Good Good Wife. Four episodes on Justified. Um, he, he's definitely much more of just your. He's he's one of those journeyman directors. He just comes in, does a good job. You know, he's, yeah. you know, like Michael uh, Michael Curtiz, who did Casablanca, The Adventures of Robin Hood with um, Errol Flynn. You know, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's something you don't get nowadays. Usually, when you you know people think of directors, they go, "Oh, yeah, superstar directors." That's what a director is. But then you get these guys, like, you know, um, yeah. Dean. And he wasn't even the original director of the movie. Who was? But, yeah, this is the great thing. Okay, so um, it, it, the original script was called Captain uh, Starshine. It was written by a guy called um, uh, David Howard. And... Yeah. The producers got a, got a hold of the script, and the only concept they liked from the script was this old TV crew cast who got mistaken by by aliens. And that's the one thing they kept, and they gave it to another scriptwriter, Robert Gordon, just the concept, and they said, "Go with it," you know. And before they gave it to Robert Gordon, he has a few spoke, more credentials to his name too. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but they gave it to a bunch of other scriptwriters, and all of them had the same idea that. The captain character, so Tim Allen's character, hated being the captain on the show. Hated it. That's what all these other scriptwriters, that was their idea. And then Robert Gordon came in and said, the captain loves the character. He loves being the captain. He loves it so much. If he could do this again, he totally would. Yeah. It's the attention. And honestly, that, that's the key to the, that's the, key uh -huh. to the movie. Oh, it's you the key know, to the whole enthusiasm. movie. Yeah. Well, but um, it's so, also his, it's also his, um, it's, it's his selfishness with it though. Oh yeah. Um, and all that, you know, then they, they write scripts and the original director, one Harold Ramis. Man, that yeah. would have been, I mean, so, I love this movie, so I can't say it would have been better because this movie's oh, no, like just, flawless. Just but, wait, just wait, just wait. Yeah. Okay. So the script's being written to Harold's specification, his style of humor mm -hmm. as well. And then they start casting. And the and Harold Ramis's choice for James Nesbitt, aka Captain Quincy Taggart. Taggart. Yeah. Peter Quincy Taggart. Peter Quincy Taggart, yeah. Yep. Kevin Klein. 
I like Kevin Klein a lot, so that wouldn't have... No, it's a different movie. Yeah, it's a different movie. And Kevin Klein said no. If Kevin Klein was playing a little bit more of the, the jerk, like yeah, the other it, it the other side of it, if he was playing the character that he didn't like the role, maybe yeah, I it, could see like the dramatic yeah, but, side. But not, yeah, not this no. enthusiastic, almost like a kid. So he said no, and then they went down the list of other potentials. So, you know, it was people like Tim Robbins. No. Yeah. Um, Alec Baldwin. No. Bruce Willis. Because the idea was to have an action star and make Bruce. have him do comedy. Bruce maybe could have done it. Yeah, yeah, think think late nineties Bruce. Think That's I'm thinking like Hudson Hawk, like Yeah, think think of him like in um uh Fifth Element. Yeah, and Fifth Die Element. Hard with the Vengeance. Yeah, he would yeah, have been yeah. a bit more of a he would have been a bit more of a jerk. That's the yeah. thing. He wouldn't have had the whole lovability, excitability, but this is cool, you know. You know, like when they go on to, you know, when they all get up there. This is a spaceship? No, this is a spaceport. <laughs> you know, that whole... You want to see the ship? <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis couldn't... I don't think he could have done that so enthusiastic. Yeah. No. So and that was the thing with Tim with this movie was... So Tim Allen being... Um, I mean, it was an ensemble cast. It was... I wouldn't say he's... He is the star, but the, the entire crew is... is Gets a lot of The way face. they get to Tim Allen is really cool. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, oh, no, no like... like Sorry, sorry, oh, with just, the casting, with the casting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, no, no, no. Go so ahead. They're trying to find an actor now, and every actor, like Alec Baldwin, was was he was a contender. They even approached Steve Martin. They approached Bill Murray. They approached everyone, and all of them, for one reason or another, said no. Steve Martin would have been interesting. Yeah, but Tim Allen, he was actively trying to get the role. Hmm. So what? So here's this is where Tim Allen's at when this movie's done coming coming together home improvement has finished yeah he's made two movies in that time toy story and the santa claus uh, yeah monsters he hasn't done any other movies he has he is basically at where james nesbitt is in he that didn't movie. do jungle yes. the jungle yet no i think that's early that's 2000s. after okay i think so all right so you know he's in this he's in limbo so he wants this role. He's read the script. He wants it. He's a sci-fi nerd. Like in his office, he has one of the original gorts from the original Day of, Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, jeez. Tim Allen's a nerd. <laughs> He's a collector. So yeah. he wants this role. And so DreamWorks is making the movie. They're the studio making it. Mm -hmm. So the producer on the movie sits down at lunch with Howard Ramis and Tim Allen. And they're having that conversation. You know, telling him about the movie, he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm in." You know, I haven't got the rule, the, the the role yet. And there's a silent conversation going on between Ramus and the producer. And Alan picks up on this and he says, "What's going on? Why don't you? You know, what's going on? Why aren't you telling me?" And Ramus says, "I like you, Tim, but I, I, I don't think you can do. I don't think you're right for the role. I don't think you're right for this movie." And that was not. That was how. And that was because of how Ramus, not Tim Allen. Because Ramis made a movie called Club Paradise with Robin Williams. And the movie's a flop. It failed. Because Harold, his sense of st his style in comedy and the way he's directing style doesn't, didn't match with Robin Williams' performance. Sure. He couldn't give him the proper direction. And after that experience, Ramis was always afraid to work with another comedian. Yeah. Especially a guy with a lot of stand-up background. 
Yep. And Tim right. Allen's going, okay, so what are we going to do here? You know, and basically the studio said, look, we want Tim. We want Tim Allen for this. For this. He wants it. We want it. We're going to do it. And Harold left. Wow. And and usually when the director leaves, a movie falls apart. Yeah. DreamWorks. No, we're going to, you know, we're going to get this movie out because they loved it. You know, they had Stan Winston doing all the creature effects. They had ILM. This is a big budget movie for these guys. Sure. So they went, they just continued. They decided, you know, we're going to just continue doing this. We're going to get sets built. We're going to keep working on the script. We're going to do everything we can and try to find a director. So Tim Allen's been cast already. He's the big name. So they get Dean, who has to now start rewriting the script to suit his suitabilities, for his suitabilities, because all the comedy doesn't work, won't work with him because it's all written for Harold. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the casting, and they don't want any actors who have done sci-fi in the past to be in the movie. Oh, uh, Sigourney Weaver. They, they, yep, they, she, she approached them. She said she wanted to be in it. They said, no, because you've done, you've been sci-fi. We don't want that. She, yeah, they don't. They don't want had, people that are that are associated with the genre already. Yeah, yeah. and which makes and sense because the rest of the cast hadn't been. Yeah, and she. But she, the funny thing is, she understood the role. Oh yeah, oh so she nailed she it. wanted it. So she yeah. she fought she fought and forced herself, forced them to accept her in the movie. <laughs> yeah, because there are a lot of there are a lot of um, the cliche uh, of her character that is oh, very exactly. is very like like. It doesn't, it's not something I would think a, a veteran actor like Sigourney Weaver would be asked to do, but that's it. that was her probably just going the extra mile. Yeah. And, yeah. And was, um, so it makes sense. It makes documentary. sense. It's called uh, Never Surrender. It came out mm-hmm. in 2019 to celebrate the, the 20th anniversary of the movie. And she talks about it. She's interviewed in this documentary. She talks about the fact that, you know, if she had chosen one or two different roles, she would have ended up in that sort of life that her character actually has playing this dumb bimbo who gets asked about sure. how her boobs fit into a into a costume <laughs> yeah. and, and, re- and repeating the lines of the, the computer. ship you know yeah. i love that you know i've got one job on here it's stupid but i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i'm actually doing it i'm repeating the computer <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 then but then she just leans into it that's what's so funny is 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 sigourney leaned into the role and then the character she played hated the role but then leaned into the role as became life and she she knew it was like the portrayal of the role of the character there were so many levels of like okay fine we're doing this and it was great it was it was great and and that's the thing like that's the great thing about this movie. Everything about yeah. this movie, the setup is oh, the setup is the, awesome. They hate they hate all of it. You know, they hate the roles that they played on the show. They hate except the fact that, you know, for Tim Nesbitt. But then Nesbitt. by the yeah. end of the movie, ne- they uh, are all Nesmith, Naismith, Nesmith. Sorry, Nesmith. Yeah, not Nesbitt. <laughs> that is from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, but this you know, Nesbitt. then by the end of the movie, though, yeah, end of the movie, they're fulfilling those roles mm-hmm. perfectly. And they're diving yeah. at their stations, doing their jobs without yeah, that's the, without yeah, that's asking the, questions. That's what's so fun about that's it. The, that's the brilliant. That's the that's the, the brilliant. Film. That's the fantastic thing. You know, same as with um, you know, probably the MVP of the movie, Alan Rickman. As, oh, he's so. As, the um, other one I was going to say was Tony Shalhoub. Oh, <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. The, the Fred Quan like, character was so the, good. 
but that's the thing. Alan like, Rickman was the standout, though. Yeah. But the whole cast, like when we watched yeah. it the other day, we were every time we were just going on about the cast. But you know, Alan Rickman, his character, Alexander Kane, at the yeah. start of the movie, he hates the catchphrase Doctor Lazarus. Has. Yeah. Yep. You know, he hates that catchphrase so much. And Dean, um, Dean uh, Pariso and uh, Robert Gordon, they said, you know, they had this idea and they said, you know what, we got to do a payoff where he says it. Now, what's the one time he says it and he yeah. means it? Yeah. And it's that thing of, you know, he hate, you see it every time someone starts saying it, he hates it. And then the alien, Quillick, oh. says it to him. Don't say this, it. Yeah. Don't say it. And Dude, then this, the at, signing. Oh, the signing with him just being so... Just the snatching. <laughs> he's so disgusted. He's so just over it. Then, I was an actor, then, damn it. I played Hamlet. Oh, it's Richard III. Oh, oh Richard, III. Richard III. There were five encores <laughs> and all that, you know. And But no, but his his cohorts are going, oh, here it goes. Yes, they, they, oh, <laughs> here yeah, here so, it comes. Yeah, and then you hear he, Tony in the background... I had five encores and then he goes i had five yes. encores it's yes. like, you know they've heard it a million times but then at the end that's of the, the relationship movie. that these people had was so real it was authentic oh, yeah. like you could then see them the end, going doing this for the last oh, yeah. 15 years yeah. hearing these arguments over and over again yeah and then at the end of the movie though they get yeah. he, he he says yeah by grabnar's hammer and all by that the sons of warvan yep. you shall he be avenged 100 for real in one of the most emotive, oh like he like, believes it right? yeah emotional parts of the movie um yep. and it's it's one of the greatest payoffs and that's the thing this really movie is. goes all over the place so well no it really does it's it tone, really does it's so that's the thing it's one of those things dean pariso did a brilliant job as the director um you know and and the casting you know we, we always talk about you know how the director picks the cast he does to a certain extent but debbie zane who was the casting director for the movie mm -hmm. she she you know Okay, you said it, Tony Shalhoub. His character was underwritten in the script. He didn't have a lot of lines. He didn't have a lot to do in the script. So Tony Shalhoub basically had to come up with his character while shooting. Which is... Wow, because that show. character is so good. But it's when you so think about, good. Like, when you think about the actual movie, Fred Kwan doesn't do much. He doesn't say much. But he is so memorable because of Tony Shalhoub and what he brought, up, brought to the role. His his just his presence on camera was so and the, 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 facial the, the mannerisms the facial expressions his his the, his his um his uh, his speech pattern yep the um, eating the eating yeah and and just his zero problem with anything that's happening yeah like that classic exactly. scene where they get beamed in and they're all sick to their stomachs they can't move and, they're terrified and, and he's, he's like a, he's like that was hey how thing. you doing that, yeah, that was a yeah, hell of a he, thing he, and then he walks Pats off he his looks arm. at them he looks at it, what's wrong with them <laughs> yeah he has yeah. no effect he's just like yeah whatever and then you and then you got sam rockwell sam rockwell was good now this is funny he rejected the role he didn't <laughs> want to do it seriously he was, he was funny he was good and it, it's funny in the um documentary they asked they talked to him and they said you know he says yeah i rejected it like 50 times and i don't remember why probably because my head was too far at my ass at the time <laughs> and then then, then the reason he finally accepted it, apart from the money, was this. He realized, you know, he, the movie was going to come out in 99. So he realized he was going to have two movies in 99. One of them was this movie called The Green Mile. Mm -hmm. So he thought, okay, I have Green Mile come out and I do Galaxy Quest. That's going to show everyone my range where I'm going to be in this hard-hitting 
drama that's going to tug at the hearts. I'm going to play this real psychopathic, crazy guy. And then I'm going to do Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah. And then he was also a really, really awesome guinea pig later in life. Every show you have to bring up G-Force. <laughs> Dude, his voice. Sam Rockwell just has a super recognizable voice. It's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Matthew McConaughey like, style voice. It's got less twang. It's got less yeah, but, twang. I mean, there's that show. Bill Burr did that show. F is for family. Mm-hmm. There's a character on it. Now, I didn't know this, but I was watching it with the family. And I said, is that Matthew McConaughey? And they go, no. Nah. And then the credits came up and there was Sam Rockwell. I'm thinking, okay, so the, those two, very similar voices. <laughs> well, he was probably also acting. So he was probably doing a little accent on him too. No, because... When you hear him talk normally, it was the same exact voice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He was good as like, Justin yeah. Hammer and, you know, Tony you're in, uh, oh, Iron Man 2. And the, and Sam he's Rockwell good. is just one of those he's good. Up guys. But yeah, he's good. See, and but then, then okay, the Thermians. You mean the termites or the Dalmatians? Yeah, the, yep. I got it right and here. We, Hang on. Remember yesterday at the convention, those people dressed as aliens? They were aliens. They were termites or or Dalmatians. I can't really remember. I was kind of hungover. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a the termites. <laughs> These are the termites. Enrico Colantoni, right? Yeah. Oh man, Malthazar. Oh, no. You're gonna you're gonna love this story. Malthazar. He goes in for his he goes in for his audition. Okay. And this, you know, they they record the audition. And it's him and Dave per Dave Perisot and Davy Zane, the casting director, and all that. Mm-hmm. And he does the audition and he gets up. He's done. He gets up. He starts to walk away and he pauses. Dave Periso says, what, what, what is it, Enrico? And he says, I got this voice I want to try, I wanted to do. And I wasn't sure about it. He goes, let's hear the voice. Math is our voice. And the voice, where it came from was um, something um, like a, a training, vocal training for actors. You hit resonators. There's certain res- there's a series of resonators in your face. Yeah, yeah. And he, and, and he said, well, it's this. And he goes, mm, and he did lines in that voice. Yeah. We, you love, but it's also the facial expressions and the mannerisms. Oh yeah, but so check this out, right? So he does the voice. It's all being recorded on tape still. And Dave Perry says, that's awesome. Then from that point, anytime an actor came in for the audition to, for one of the mm-hmm. Thermians, they played that bit of Enrico Colatoni's audition. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And told that's the voice you've got to do. That's the mannerisms. Enrico Colatoni hadn't got the role yet. Oh jeez! <laughs> so they're breaking the rules here because usually in movies you never show another actor another actor's audition. No, yeah. But because that's the that's exactly what Dave Perisot realized. That's what the Thermians needed to sound like. He wanted all other actors coming for those roles to do that. And so. He finally gets cast and all that. They start shooting the film, and all these other actors, Missy Pyle, mm-hmm. Jed Rees, um, you know, all those other actors playing the Thermians are now doing their own uh, yeah. version of the Teb Henry character Coltonians. was good. Teb yep. character, Jed Rees was very, very good. And it was Colantoni as what Patrick it was, Green. Um, yeah. It was Patrick Green who came up with the idea of the way they walk as well. Oh gosh, with the their hands like and, basically and on their thighs and he yeah. said the marionettes it's thunderbolt xl5 an old jerry anderson show it's yeah. marionettes because they're imitating humans so they're getting it right but just not a hundred percent so then anytime they had to shoot with yeah. all the extras playing the thermians 
they said, you know, that's it. We extras hated us on that show because we were always all the all the Thermian actors, the lead actors were saying to them, "Marionette walk," <laughs> gang them to keep that walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, there was also uh, what is it saying? Oh, it says Sam Rockwell did. Um, he had a lot of Bill Paxton in him for his role from Alien, uh, or from Aliens. Sorry, um, there was like. So it says, uh, in particular, his elevated fear of being killed and his mental collapse upon seeing the motion detector uh, that shows the enemy closing in on them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, I could um, see that now. I could see but like also, when that's. Like, that's... That, yeah, the, the fear of him dying though the hicks roll when he really starts to yeah. go crazy yeah but that fear of him getting killed like when they go on the planet mm -hmm. and they're in the space shuttle and all that that's actually reference to the original star trek series so in the original star trek series with uh captain kirk and all that whenever they went on a, a, a mission to a planet they had the away team and usually the away team it was kirk spock and and the doctor uh bones mccoy and then they have two or three other Richards. characters Red shirts, exactly. And yeah. the point of the red shirt was just to die. <laughs> and he ha even has the line um, that he died before the first ad break in that one episode he was on. So his, his, his fear is 100% And it, it comes founded. on several times. Epis we're doing episode 81. Guy, what does it matter? I died in episode 81. <laughs> yep. And that's the thing. So his fear is 100% founded because he's yeah. the only one who's watched the show. He's the only one who understands the rules of the world they're now playing in even though yeah. it's real life he understands like you know with the little with the little minors he says to them oh, you know man. he says you know they say oh the soku goes yeah they're cute now but then they're going to get mean and ugly somehow and, 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 attack. and then he turns around <laughs> and he goes didn't you guys watch the show yeah that's, that's... so so minors <laughs> sir alex dane could they be the minors fred kwan sure they're like three years old <laughs> dane Miners, not miners. You lost me. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, it's, it's such a it's, dad joke, and I love it. Oh yeah, it's a, it's, and it's a brilliant movie. Like the way it does. We can't do it justice because their interaction with one another is so yeah. legitimately done. Yeah, like and so thing, legitimately like, done. Um, Every single character, I believe. Oh yeah, I believe it, hundred percent. Yeah, even just there's Lawrence no weakness. Brendan. Yeah, there's no weakness in this entire cast. Yeah. Robin Sachs as um, Saris, mm -hmm. you know, like like those suits made by Stan Winston. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, you, you think of this movie, okay, you know, it's dealing with Star Trek and the Phantom and all that. It's poking fun, but doing it in a very loving way. It treats all yeah, the characters with respect. It treats the fans with respect. And you don't kind of think of it having such a high quality, high production value and having Stan Winston, ILM mm. doing all the effects. Like this movie got way more love than it would if it was being made nowadays. Which was so weird, and it still didn't do all that well in theaters. I just can't understand so, it. What, okay, what happened there? So for funny. reference, it was $45 million budget in 1999, which was, you yep. know, that's that's pretty solid considering this isn't a, uh, wasn't meant to be like this monstrous blockbuster um, just because the content of the, the movie. But it only uh, grossed, worldwide, it only grossed 90 million, 90, mm -hmm. 90 and a half million. But that's the thing. It was, the it, they were, DreamWorks, like, okay, so at the time, this is DreamWorks where it's still being run by Spielberg, Katzenberg, and Geffen. Yeah. 
and they were 100% behind this movie. That's why they got Stan Winston. That's why they got IRM. And they were mm-hmm. going, yeah, this is going to be our big blockbuster. Then in 1998, a movie came out that screwed it up for everyone. Rugrats, the movie came out Christmas 1998. And it made all the money. And then Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was always more focused on the money because he was a studio boss, sure, said, we need to have a movie that can do that sort of money. We need to have that sort of kids movie that can do that money. And the only movie they had in production at that time that was going to, you know, that they could change and make it into a kids-friendly movie was Galaxy Quest. Yeah, because this movie was supposed to be R. Yeah, and there are some clear moments where that's 100% yeah. the case. So they yeah, with, and they did the a test sync. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a test screening where it was the original, let's say, director's cut with the swearing. Mm-hmm. And because you see the cast, you hear about who's in it, Tim Allen. Okay, so most people hear Tim Allen movie, they're thinking Santa Claus, kids-friendly. They take their kids, and there are F-bombs being dropped and all this. They were furious. Yeah. So they went, right, we're going to edit this to become a kid's movie. And you know what's so funny is even the edits, they were done, they were, I mean, you can see the lips are off, but yeah, the it wasn't like the holy G's thing from back to the future um it was actually like sigourney weaver dubbing in it was the actual actors with secondary lines and it 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 was if you weren't really really super paying attention to it it wasn't like this weird thing where you could audibly hear it like tell so it was actually done very well to un to like and that had to be done as like a different take so when they did they do that they did do that later that's adr that's in the past. That's oh, that's ADR. after. Yeah. Okay. Because when they were filming it, when they filmed it, in their heads they're thinking this is uh, this is aimed at a certain age group, so we can swear. So they had no thoughts to do alt- alternate takes or no swear takes. Yeah. So the movie's in post production when David Geffen Katzenberg they say do this to the edit. So everything up until like every, like yeah. the pre production and the production itself was easy for everyone. Post production is where it all went to hell. Because they decided to turn this into a G-rated, PG, you know, G-rated kind of kids film, and the marketing didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, because you see a movie like this that isn't a Brooksian movie, um, that isn't, you know, Leslie Nielsen's, you know, Naked Gun, you know, that isn't like, like your typical spoof movie of the yeah. era of the 80s and this 90s movie has a lot of heart in it that's the no well thing. it's also so the 80s and 90s spoof like real life spoof movies were always adult and darker um because they're 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 taking the story in different directions um but this movie being a fan movie was more of and especially a star trek so it's got more like uh I'm trying to think like mainstream fandom because it was on TV for so long generational also, fandom also keep in mind 90 in the 90s but a lot of kids too but that but or younger keep people in mind, not necessarily keep, kids. keep in mind in the 90s fandom wasn't was still on the outs it was still the outsider it wasn't as it is now that's sure. the other thing yeah you know back in the 90s if you were a fan you're still cons- you were weird yeah, you were it dork. wasn't 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And conventions were happening, but they weren't like, it wasn't like Comic-Con. They weren't wasn't cool. Massive. No, <laughs> that's the thing. So, yeah. and that's the reason why when you watch this movie, for us nowadays, we look at that and go, that's, that's, that's what it's like. That's easy. That's it. That's it. Back then, it, it was one of the few movies where they respected the fans. They <laughs> like, weren't making fun of them. Like the two, the two cosplaying Dr. Lazaruses. Yeah. <laughs> by Grab Thor's Hamper, by the Sons of Worth. <laughs> that, those are the guys. <laughs> but, but, but you look at um, Justin Long's character and his friends, you know, that's, oh, yeah. you know, they've the got the schematics. They, they have yeah. video chat with everyone, you know, they're they're treating them with we have respect. a level five emergency yeah. but that's <laughs> the thing. me and my but, crew he said doesn't even yeah. say his friends but that's the thing it's yeah. now you know when yeah. you're a kid and you're into certain things you, you use the vernacular with your friends yeah you do all that it is that sort of thing where it's so respectful for the fandom if it was no, a it proper is. spoof film they would be making fun yeah. malicious fun out of them yeah all There'd they're doing no is just pointing out the obvious they're not making fun of anything Exactly. They're just pointing it out. Yeah, I mean, but they're there's still a difference. being respectful. Yeah, they're still being respectful. It, these nerds, these fans, they save the day. Yeah. Because if no, they, they didn't have the if they didn't have the knowledge of the ship or what the Omega thirteen does or any of that sort of stuff, it's game over. Mm-hmm. You know. Um and that's the thing. Like, you know, this movie goes from being goofy and silly to sci fi adventure to quite a heartfelt and serious drama to goofy and all that. Like the scene where, um, the scene where, um, Tim Allen's character has got to tell Malthasar that they actors, it's not real. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Tim. So, the, so here's the thing. Tim was great in that scene. The, the, so they're filming that scene now. <coughs> This is the, this is a very important scene because it's, you know, it's oh, yeah. when you see, you see him, see this guy as he actually is, who he really is. You know, well, they also, they up. also, they also led up to this with them describing actors and how the thermites yeah. had never met anybody that lied like that and on they purpose to Saris. Yeah. to Saris. So they shut up about it because they're like, oh, we can't yeah. tell them this. And, and now it's full circle. Yeah. yeah. And so they're filming that scene. They're doing take after take to get to the emotional level that mm -hmm. Dave Perisot wants. And he's there behind the monitor watching this. And all of a sudden, someone next to him starts talking, going, oh, oh wow, this is, oh, oh. And Dave Perisot is about to turn to him and tell him to shut the hell up. And he turns, and it's Steven Spielberg. It's the one day Spielberg showed up to, to see what was happening. Because at the same time, while this movie's being made, there's another movie being made in Malta, in Spain, Gladiator. Nice. And they've just had the death of Oliver Reed, so all their attention is on that movie, not on what Galaxy Quest is doing. Yeah. So, you know, they're doing the scene. They're running through it take after take. Spielberg's amazed with what Tim Allen's able to do. And, you know, Dave Perriso says to him, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this is what I hired them. Shh, shh, shh. And they're doing it. And with each successive take, Tim's getting more emotional. To the point where he's now crying while delivering these lines. Yeah, and gets to the point he, he says, "I'm sorry, stop. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm not able to handle these these emotions I'm feeling. I, I, can I go to my my trailer for a couple of minutes just to calm down? And yep, yep, go for it. You know, not a problem." As he walks away, Alan Rickman very casually says, 
oh my god i think he just experienced acting (laughs) (laughs) yeah that feels like it then so you know and that was anna rickman's sense of humor yeah you know he got along well with aragon so tim allen comes back and spielberg's there so you know you know tim allen didn't know spielberg's there tim and spielberg goes up to tim allen home improvement guy and says tim that was amazing acting seriously that was really incredible heartfelt i teared up a bit mate you know really cool now tim allen doesn't know how to respond to this sort of um you know congratulations compliments you know because he's a comedian (laughs) yeah not a proper actor so he does the only thing tim allen knows how to do he he goes loud he tells he goes everybody Quiet on set. Do you know who this is? Pointing to Spielberg. You get Spielberg in a big headlock going, this guy, this guy directed 1941. Show some respect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think Tim Allen's the only person to ever be able to, who's ever embarrassed Steven Spielberg on a set and live to tell the tale. Yeah. 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 Tim was, uh, late 90s, Tim was pretty much, he was like. And and by all accounts, on set. Yeah. Like what would happen? Um, Alan Rickman would turn up five minutes early on set, know everyone's lines, and then yeah. have and then just sit around in his chair going, oh, like hurry <laughs> up. And Tim Allen would show up 30 minutes late and then spend all his time making dick and fart jokes right up until he was told action. <laughs> yeah, that feels like and, Tim Allen. And he had and if one person laughed at any of the jokes. He would focus on that person and just keep going until they were in stitches or someone told him, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That that feels like Tim because like you said, and, back, and, 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 yeah, he was. And, and that, that cast, that's the thing, like by all accounts on set, it was the most fun that a lot of those people have had. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, they loved each other. And that's the thing. When you watch this movie, like you watch certain movies and you can tell the cast they're having, they're, they're, it's okay it's a good mm-hmm. it's an okay time they're having and then there are other movies where you can tell the cast don't like each other at all and then there are times like with galaxy quest you can tell these guys are having a blast yeah having so much fun yeah but that's like that's their relationship and their their um communal story arc was at the very beginning when tim is two hours late or whatever he says an hour late and, hour and a half hour yeah hour and a half late to the convention appearance and the crowd's going nuts and and Gwen DeMarco Sigourney's like we need to do something these people are going to eat each other out there because they're they're starting to get really hangry they're starting yeah. to get really really angry at these people or at the cast for for not coming out and poor Sam Rockwell's on stage just trying to yeah he's been told MC to stretch it. into vet. yep yeah yeah and and he shows up late and uh they're like so over him because he does this all the time apparently and they're just they're at at wit's end with him but then he comes in and says uh have i did i miss alexander's uh what do you say his his break or his meltdown or his breakdown and no (laughs) he throws his stuff apparently they all kind of fit into those roles like apparently alan rickman would kind of every now and then make these little comments about you know I could have been like Lawrence Olivia. I could have been this great actor, but here I am making this movie and things like that. With, this, with the with the Finn headdress on, which he never takes off the entire. Movie. Oh no, but I'm talking about like Anna Rickman, as in Alan Rickman. No, 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 no. Like, I know that. 
No, but know, I'm saying and, in the movie, there's... Oh, yeah. Because he, he does that line with the Henry VIII line. Yeah. I was a proper actor once. <laughs> Is it Henry VIII? I thought it was... Yeah, it's Henry VIII, yeah. Yeah, Henry VIII. And he, he has Richard the... Richard III. Was it Richard III? Well, he never did a play about Henry VIII. Henry VIII was... Shakespeare was dead when Henry VIII was alive. No, he wasn't born yet, sorry. Because he was writing when um, it was uh, Queen Elizabeth. It's not Henry... Yeah, so it's Richard. Oh, it's not coming up either. Uh, oh, it could have been Henry V, but I think it was probably... It could, it could have Henry been Henry V, but, or it could have been Richard Well, either way. I'm thinking... But he has that same... His character has that same mentality that Alan... Like you were saying, that Alan was in real life type yeah. of thing. And um, that's the, that's the Which thing. is true for a lot of these actors, yeah. these alumni oh, actors yeah. that haven't... That their career has fizzled out. But see, for... But, you know, Anna Rickman, his career... No, 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 no. The character in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, like, but Tim Allen actually on purpose had a T-shirt made up that had a big number one on it. <laughs> so he would turn up the set and he would literally come in and say, your commander is here just to annoy everyone. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. No, but that's that's the, the understanding with a lot of these actors that are just doing these, a lot of these cons. The ones that aren't as... Um, in tune and as loving with like the fan base and stuff that's why like a lot of the guys that do the cons they love it because they really do appreciate the fandom well that's it i um, love seeing it but some guys they they don't want to be a part of that fandom because well i guess you would say back then so 25 years ago if you were a part of these cons your your career was over yeah a lot of the time like um now they do it on purpose because they're just it's part of the promotion well yeah like about seven years ago i went down to sydney with mum my mum and sister and a friend of hers, we went to a Stargate convention. Mm-hmm. So at the Stargate convention, it was Richard Dean Anderson was there. Cool. Um, ben Browder, uh, Christopher uh, Christopher Judge was oh, there. Nice. Claudia Black was there. Um, and then they had a couple of the people from Farscape as well mm-hmm. because of Ben Browder and Claudia Black. And, you know, they gave these talks. There was a meet and greet. You could get photos, all that sort of stuff. And you can just, you could just tell all of them were just having a blast they were loving it like richard dean anderson you know so it was an S- it was sg1 it wasn't the 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 movie well no because the movie was 94 so you know <laughs> no but you would have had you would have had you know james spader and kurt russell well and, no because spader sure was off of doing it. yeah they were yeah. they were making they were stuck they doing were still show. Doing. yeah you know yeah. Uh, spader at the time he, i think he was still doing boston legal you know kurt russell oh, gotcha you know kurt russell probably would yeah he probably couldn't afford him <laughs> It's true. You know, like it's my true. parents went into one where it was Star Trek and it was like they got to meet um William Shatner and my dad loved that. You know, because he's a William Shatner fan. And he said Shatner would come and he would, you know, you they you paid extra to go have dinner with William do a dinner, and there's William Shatner. And he came and he went around the whole table, shaking everyone's hand, introducing himself, getting the person's name. Then over the course of this weekend, anytime he saw one of those people from dinner, he would go up and say, Hi, you know, you'd call out their name and go up and talk to them. That's cool. Yeah, it's that sort of thing where you kind of go, that's what you want from yeah. these guys. You want yeah. them to be enthusiastic. And it's that thing where, you know, without the fans, they wouldn't have a job. Well, no, especially when you got to think about this, a lot of these fans are legacy fans. Oh, yeah. 
they're fans because of other fans. They're not fans because they discovered it themselves. They're no, fans because their 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 parents loved this show, yeah. or because that, it's still so popular after all these years that they discover well, it on their you know they're like oh this yeah. is thirty years old. This is great. This is I mean, but if there's no that's, fandom to keep that energy going, it fizzles out and dies. That's it. You know exactly like my, yeah. my parents, Star Trek fans, Star Wars fans, Doctor Who fans. They got me into yeah. those. Um, you know, and and without them. I, pr- I might have stumbled upon Star Trek due to the movies, like the Next Generation movies that were coming out. Sure. But, you know, I, I would never have watched, you know, some some I, I got my favorite episodes from all the Star Treks, um, including Voyager, not the new stuff because I haven't watched it. And that's the thing. It's that, that Those legacy fans are up there. Yeah. No, they really are. Um... <laughs> <laughs> my dad just walked past with his phone and it, it just says, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that's good um that's good but that's like in that documentary i was telling you about never surrender mm-hmm. they talked to damon lindelof so if you don't know who he is he's um he, he co-wrote lost with um jj abrams he wrote okay. the three star trek movies jj was involved with sure the, you know, those are he's the, a, the pine movies yep yeah. he's a massive star trek fan and that's the thing on set when they were doing star trek both he and abrams would reference galaxy quest and they consider it like they could they would reference it in regards to the way the ships look or the way the ships move like eric banner's character in that first new star trek movie Mm -hmm. um he plays this romulus uh, romulan called nero jj abrams got him to sit down and watch galaxy quest and said the villain in that movie that's what you that's the sort of thing i want you to do oh he wants him to be saris that's hilarious yeah that that sort of delivery that sort of performance and you kind of sit there and go, okay, that's incredible that a big budget yeah. Star Trek movie with these amazing actors in it are using Galaxy Quest as a reference. But that's just the love. That's the fans. You know, J.J. Abrams, <clears throat> he's a fanboy. <laughs> no, he is. He is. Yeah, um, that's, that's incredible. Well, look at us. Is, you know, oh, yeah. Without, you know, how we talk about Mummy, how we talk about Indiana Jones. Oh, Same yeah. Thing. No, it's the same thing. It's just it's movie fandom in general. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter um, what it is. It's just, it's just. Yes, the yes, mov- yes. It does matter. It does what? matter because because you cannot have this conversation and be a fan of Twilight. Sorry. Well, you can. You just shouldn't. No. <laughs> yeah. Same with Fifty Shades of Grey. Come on. Those it's like Fight two... Club. No, let's not. Can't let's talk not, about let's it. Not put, let's not put Twilight in the realm of okay awesomeness as fight club <laughs> no meaning the first rule about fight club is you can never talk about fight club so the first, first rule, rule of twilight, of twilight, twilight. Is you first rule of being a twilight fan is you can't talk about being a twilight fan <laughs> do you know how to spot a tw- sp- how to spot a twilight fan uh glitter when they walk into the sun they sparkle <laughs> <laughs> which is so which proves how great of an actor robert pattinson is Oh, I have to admit, I, I gave him a Some of the dramatic stuff he's done is really good. Oh, look, um, there's that movie on Netflix called The Devil All the Time. He mm-hmm. plays this creepy southern pastor so well. And then he did that really, um, really, really weird. I didn't see it, but it looked so weird. Uh, the Lighthouse movie. Oh, I saw with William Dafoe. I saw that. Yeah. That actually, that was the first movie I saw with Robert Pattinson. And I just, I went to see it. I saw William the trailers Dafoe, and then but... like the extended look. And I'm like, oh my oh. God, no. See, I, <laughs> I, I, I see saw that. the movie. I saw it just for William Dafoe. I was like, I'm a, I'm this fool. Yeah. Couldn't care about Robert Pattinson. Came out going, I'm a fan of Robert Pattinson. He can actually act. 
yeah. and then oh. the devil all the time. And then I've seen some other stuff with him. Um, you know, I'm just like, son of a, he is actually a good he was, actor. He was great as Batman. I mean, he was great yes. as, as that as that version of that, that, that dark. Yeah, that, that, that detect, the actual detective Batman. Yeah. Hell yeah. That brooding version too. Yeah, and I love you the know. fact that it's, it's year two for him, not year one. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, back to Galaxy so, yeah. Quest. Back to Galaxy Quest. Um. Yeah. So we were talking, um, like MVP and cast and stuff. I, I, I have to go back to Alan Rickman. So with with Doctor Lazarus and his overall just attitude in the movie is so funny it's so good even like when they're sitting down and eating dinner and oh, uh they what did I, he say something about we generated the food from we, your origin yeah it's your um it's the food from your um not your origin it's the food but from they your artificially world. generated the food from your yeah, homeland from your home world yeah that's it and and it's like oh this is a wisconsin steak that ned smith is having which grass-fed so wisconsin beef yeah and that's funny because when wisconsin is where James T. Kirk is from. <laughs> so no. it's a great nod there. And then nod. they cut to, Le- to Alexander. He's got this weird thing that's living and he says, oh, how's your blah, blah, blah. And you go, like how mother used to make. <laughs> you see a bit of the food, jump up in the air and dive into the soup and his look of horror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something clip plop or whatever it was. Uh, and then probably one of the greatest, the greatest scenes because of it being Alan Rickman. Alex, where are you going? To see if there's a pub. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. You know, where are you going? To see if there's a pub. <laughs> yeah, that was so his... funny because that was after the ship crashed or the ship yeah. uh, um, after the minefield. And yeah. they got all thrown from their seats. Yeah. <laughs> He's stumbling out just of his chair, just off, yeah. irate. He's just mad. I, I, it's so funny. It's, this thing, this is the great thing about movies. Because you think of Alan Rickman. Even now, you think of him, you know, you think of Snape, you think Hans Gruber, you think the Sheriff of uh, Nottingham. And then you think of Tim Allen, and you just never in your life think those two are going to be in a movie together, let, a, let, let alone working brilliantly together. And then you get Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird because you're like, okay, I could see them maybe doing voice stuff together, or I could see them doing like like a guests on a talk show well not even that i could see them doing so you're talking so say it's like late 90s um you know early 2000s maybe with the two of them and i could see them doing like a family comedy where it's like tim allen versus alan rickman alan rickman could be like the jerk boss or the neighbor like the uptight neighbor the two of them together could work sort of uh that that sort of family thing i don't think rickman would have done it in that period of time he would have probably after harry potter came out first two harry potter movies he probably would have then because that helped to make him more kid-friendly in a way. True. Yeah. Because everybody's still kind of related to him as Hans Gruber. He's still a villain like, actor or he's yeah. a proper thespian doing yeah. period yeah. dramas and all that sort of stuff. That's the sure. thing. Sure. Um, so, you know, like, you know, and, and, and when you think about that, these two shouldn't be in any world together, really. <laughs> no, realistically, they shouldn't be. But they And they work so brilliantly. Like, you know, the way they go off each other. Like when they've got the Berlin sphere, getting it back onto the shuttle. And they're talking about who's, get on, get on. No, 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 you go. It's always about you. You've got to save the day, don't you? You always have to be the bloody hero. And then, you know, then when they beam him up. And then Nesmith punches him to save him. Yep. 
and then he and, gets and taken. And he still that's, that's is what, yelling at him through the porthole window. It. Yep. But then once they digitize him up oh. to the ship, he, yeah. the way they, you know, he goes, oh, yeah, you had to get your shirt off, didn't you? And just the, the nice little smile they give each other and they yeah. shake hands, you know, it, yeah. they care about each other. No, it's a reconciliation movie for the for the for a big, I mean, it, like, honestly, this is like this entire movie is about like reconciliation because you know the beginning they're they're all more or less has-beens um and they're at each other's throats they're all unhappy with their situation well probably everybody except fred um fred loves it <laughs> and but that's because no, i think I fred is so mentally out of it because I of everything he, loves it. he doesn't love it he's just he gets he gets paid to go and he's down and he gets free food he's also down he's just down about it yeah, that's the thing. Um, he just, he's just like there. when he says, he goes, "We should have just taken the job." You know, yeah. Yeah, who, who knows, knows when we're going to work again? <laughs> who knows when we're going to work again? And then they're like, "It's like oh, it's not about a job. He's drunk." And then they look at each other and rush out of the van. They're yeah. like, "Oh, no!" But like, but when you think about it, and then it's you know, it's Tim being able to relive the glory days, you know, and it's convincing the crew that it's cool, that it's real. And then it's, it's like at the end, you know, or even halfway in, they're 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 all like in it because they have to be. But then at the end, they're in it because they want to be. And then at and the end, once they, they have their show back, and it's like, yeah. and once they learn that the th that what's on the ship is the last of the Thermians and all that, mm -hmm. and they realize how that they actually have to save the day. Yeah, it, you know that that sort of stuff is great. And I mean, when you think about it, really, and this hit me while you were talking, when you really think about it. It's Buzz Lightyear. Think about it. It's almost a reverse Buzz Lightyear story where instead of it being at the beginning, he believes all this. Yeah. It's the reverse. So he knows it's not real. Then by the end of the movie, he's it's real now. Yeah. Yeah. He is who he thinks he should be. Yeah, so, that's what uh, um uh, what does he say? He goes, um, uh oh, what are you listening to him for? He's you know, he something about like he's not even like a real commander he, he yeah. thinks it's, it's, you know it's, yeah it's, more, it's, it's the same as taking um advice from this guy no offense <laughs> no offense to guy yeah. yeah um and yeah honestly like when you think about it from that angle that is a reverse of buzz Lightyear's story and i'm talking a bit more just for jane for uh tim allen's character it makes total sense that he got cast <laughs> no come on I can't think yeah. of anyone else playing that role. I can't think of no. anyone else. Like, this movie is so perfectly cast. I can't think of anyone else. Like, in the documentary, when they, they you know, tell they talk about um, Kevin Klein being Harold Ramis' choice, they cut to Sigourney Weaver. She goes, oh, who is his choice? And they say Kevin Klein. She did a movie with him, right? Mm -hmm. She yeah, literally uh, pauses. Dave. Yeah, she pauses for like, five for like five or ten seconds. And then you can tell she's really conflicted. And then she very diplomatically says, Oh, he would have been okay. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, he was funny, in Dave. Dave was, Dave was a good movie. Yeah, but I... I, I no, I but yeah, say, no, I mean... You can't, you know, when you think of Kevin Klein, his roles, he does really, he does idiocy really well, and he does heartfelt really well, and he does um, asshole really well. But that character of Nesmith... You need a light touch. You do, and 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 what's really neat about that character and just the depth of Tim's character was. Remember, he goes to the bathroom, 
and he goes into the stall because there's no urinal, and then he overhears he the people is... making fun of him. Yep. And then from then on, he's just angry and pissed. And that's where he yeah. gets confrontational with Justin Long. Doesn't get confrontational; he just yells at no, him. But he, he's yeah, short he, with him. He, he says, "Yes, I know it's kind of short with you." And, and then, he, then, but he, then they they go to home, where he's in his mansion house, alone, alone, yeah. and sunken, and, and he's watching lonely an yeah, episode, he's, and he's reciting it, and then he gets sloshed. And then, dude, the next morning, the scene is so funny. He wakes up on his living room floor, and they're knocking on the window. The termites are knocking on the window. And he wakes up, and he is just out of it. And he goes, we need your help. And 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 he goes, oh, okay. Um, And he looks down, and he goes, better put on some pants. (laughs) Yeah. Because he thinks it's for for the Yeah, for a job. Yeah, for this job without the rest. Yeah, it's a, in a basement. It's supposed to be a meet and greet. Just and he did it by himself without the others. Um, so and you get the thing that that's his life where he does a signing, does a meet and greet, goes home, gets completely shit faced. Sorry, sloshed. <laughs> <laughs> We're an hour in. We're safe. Oh, good. Oh, you're saying safe as in no one cares by an hour or no one's listening by an hour? Um. Choose There's probably no wisely. children listening after an hour. They've probably already fallen asleep to us. If there are kids listening to this, yeah, it's wrong. You're you're listening to the wrong podcast. Help us. Yeah, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah, this is not the Bluey podcast. Though when we do do the Bluey episode, when we do our Bluey episode, mm-hmm. that'll be for, that'll be more kid friendly. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh no, we're having Ernie on, so yeah, no, it won't be kid friendly. <laughs> Just by just because of Ernie. <laughs> yeah, it might not be. It might not be. Yeah, it'll be fun either way. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, uh, you kind of get the thing. So that's it, what, it, that's it, well, the reason I was saying is it's a mask. His character is a mask. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he goes home and he's nothing about him in public is real. Yeah. No. No. And he's but trying that's... to convince himself that everything's great, everything's cool, but he's yeah. he's he's lonely, uh, he's bitter. He's, oh, he's got nothing. He's got nothing except, except Commander Taggart. Yeah, I mean that's all he has. He has. He doesn't have the woman that he loves because you know he loves that. He loves Gwen. He loves Sigourney Weavers. You know mm-hmm. he tries to. You know he tries to flirt with her, and she's just like, you know, I thought that was cute before I knew you, but or no, until but I you, knew you. But you can tell that over the course of the movie, she has the same feelings, but she just yeah. won't admit it. And then, and then. Then at the end there, when they, you know, they think the the ship's going to explode after they push the button, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they yeah, hug, the and you can tell they're going to say, it, and then oh, it always it always stops at one, and, she, yeah. and he's going, let's go to the, let's go, and she's like, what are you going to say? Yeah. What are you going to say? <laughs> now she's desperate to hear it from him. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you, you know, like that's the thing, the setups and the payoffs in this movie. Like, if you want to learn how to write a movie like this, yeah. Hundred percent. Like if you want to learn how to write a good ensemble piece, how to do a setup and how to do a payoff, Galaxy Quest is one of the best examples of setups and payoffs. Oh, absolutely. Like we said, it, the, the reconciliation story is a perfect is a perfect blueprint. Yeah. Because then the middle, the meat of the movie is you figuring out how they come to terms and 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 just accept each other and become friends again. And th- they did that beautifully. Because at the end of this movie including guy including you know all of them even the kids that were helping them yep. you know you know everybody came out of this 
together and they came out of this as friends. Yeah. And think about it. It was beautiful. There, it really was. They've, they've crashed. They're on the stage. They've killed Saris. You got, you know, Nesmith is there by himself. The cast, the rest of the crew are over to the side and he looks at them and yeah. calls them over. They've to take taken the their position them. off stage kind of yeah. because that's and he's, how it's he's been. them over to take the, be in the limelight with him. And mm-hmm. their looks of, oh, wow, this is, you know, it's great. It really is. It really is. Cause and then, so it's polar opposites, right? That is the callback because the beginning of the movie is him on stage by himself <laughs> with, with the microphone and yep. the center of attention and getting the crowd riled up. And they're like, and, but then she, she says, a, she says a really neat thing where, you know, Tim is interacting with that kid about they're, they're just going over like specific scenes from episodes and, um, yep. And the kids, the kid goes, you know, how did you know what decision to make? And he goes, well, if, you know, yeah, he, if I, if I went to the left, what kind of commander uh, would I be? Yeah. He goes, yeah. If I, um, if I went to the left, you know, I would, I'd be safe, but then my crew would be in danger. And that's the thing about being a good commander. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, and Dane is just like, ugh, or he's like, he's really full of himself, isn't he? And then she goes, yeah, no, no. She starts it and goes, they really do love him. Don't they? And not she smiles. As, yep. And, and he goes, not as much as he loves himself. He loves himself. Yeah. And uh, yeah. sorry, going back to his yeah. um, little meltdown. Yes. The line is, am I too late for Alexander's panic attack? <laughs> and he goes nuts and he just throws stuff and he yeah. like, and clears the table <laughs> with his arms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's really good. Oh, uh, you have this cute little scene where uh, they sit down and they are asked to take the ship out. Oh, and he goes, so, Laredo, take us out. And he's just like, Laredo's yeah, like, because he, what? They're all there. Yeah. Everybody's uh, watching. Said, yeah. And, and all Laredo th- said, and yeah, Laredo says, the thermites or whatever. That's a, that's a lot of, pre- that's a lot of ice. Glad, glad I'm not the commander. <laughs> and then Laredo, take us out. And just yeah. look of fear. And and that long screech as he, t- and then no, no, Sam's Rockwell standing next to him. Guy standing up to him going, yep. more to the right, go more to the right. <laughs> Yeah, and then you get that sound. So when they filmed that moment, they had the cat. You know, they, they had mm-hmm. individual cameras on the car, so they didn't. You know, and they're filming it, and the director he's sitting in front of everyone because of the way it's being filmed, and he's just there going. <laughs> the director was making that sound, so their reaction is actually to the director making the sound. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. The magic of movies. <laughs> the magic of movies. Yeah. So, and... No, go ahead. There you go. Oh, no, no, no. I, oh. I was just going to do. I was just going to do a random bit of trivia. Oh, okay. No. Uh, so the only thing, the only other, honestly, the only other thing I was going to do was um, after the um, after uh, what's his name, Twelix. After he dies, and uh, he shot Quillix. Quillix. Yeah. After Quillix dies, and you get that great uh, Grabthar uh, line. And then you get the, I am no longer a British gentleman, no, Alexander Dane. I'm, I'm Lazarus. I am I'm now this, I'm, a I'm warrior. This warrior. Yep. And he gets up and charges him. And then something else happens. And then and they cut, and cut back. And he's got the bloody, hair. Yep, the thing's ripped. Out, and he, he does this weird mesh. kung fu thing charging up to the guy. Yep. And now all of the... Um, Thermians. Thermians are following his, his example, like he is like yes. their general in combat. Yes, and and the, the other the other part was actually right before this is when um, 
the pressure neutralizes and then they open the doors to save everybody and they get everyone and out. And he goes in, he's all And they're all clapping, he saved out. us, he saved us. And he has his arms out like, welcome. And he goes, Cap- or Commander Taggart saved. saved us. He's like, oh, that's not he right. Goes, <laughs> and he goes, it never ends. <laughs> never ends. Because yeah. the um, that's not right, what line? That's after um, Quan, the girl, and um, Fred, the girl, and um, Guy teleport the the rock alien. Is it? Because I thought he also said it. No, 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 he doesn't. Um, and they start making out, and you know her tentacles start to come out, and well, yeah, guy, and guy goes, "Oh, that's not right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, no, he, 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 yeah, it's either um, it never ends or it's not fair, something like that. But he doesn't say that's not right. That was guy's line. No, I remember guy. Yeah, no, guy's line was was hilarious and that wasn't actually the the line in the script apparently in the script it was something much more pedestrian and rockwell went up to the script uh the script writer robert gordon and asked him very politely if he could change it <laughs> i mean you might as well right if yeah. you can find something funnier i'm looking for it because i really want no uh, yeah it's not in here um either way um, very funny very funny. yeah so here you go when, when they're making the movie and they're doing the they're doing production design, so they're designing the ship and everything. Stan Winston, who was doing all the, they were designing everything. It's the one time they've designed a movie while having studio lawyers with them. The reason is because DreamWorks was afraid Paramount was going to sue them. Paramount oh. controls Star Trek. Yeah, they control Star Trek. So to get around any of that sort of worry, worry when they designed the Protector, its number is NTE dash blah blah blah. NTE stands for not the enterprise. <laughs> and they did that on purpose. They said, you know what, let's yeah. let's let's put this on the ship. It'll be on the movie. So if Paramount tries to sue us, they can we can say, look, it's on the movie. It's in the actual movie. NTE, not the enterprise. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> No, and the ship was cool. I did like I did like the protector. Um, yeah, the, uh, the movie was designed so like uh, it really was. Everything about it really was. Worked. Yeah, it did. The set pieces were beautiful. They were really well done. Um, the costume, Sam Winston did a phenomenal job. Oh, the actors, the, the uh, writing. The, I mean, the pig lizard he fights. A pig lizard. Uh, what he thought was the Gorignac. Was Gorignac? Yeah, but just that that alone is cool. And then when they digitize it up and it's inside out <laughs> dude the lines were so funny oh, uh, it is inside out <laughs> did yeah, he say it's, like, it's inside out and then and it exploded, exploded. <laughs> but just, did he just say it exploded tim's reaction he is getting visibly ill while he's having this conversation on yeah, the radio yeah, I, I i i you know and then you know the, the why they cool still chanting chanting the rock you know rock uh, rock rig thing and rock, then the you know, trying to you know Attack it. Go for the vulnerable spot. It's rocks. It doesn't have vulnerable spots. Maybe you can make a... a <laughs> Rudimentary lathe. Get off the Get line, off guy. The... And then there's... you know, Alex No, and then La- yeah, Lazarus. You're yeah, my advisor. Advise me. Which yeah, I do. Can, fine. Well, what you're going to have to do is... Is get inside its mind. Figure out its motivation. It's a rock. It doesn't have motivation. <laughs> no, and then he goes, and you then, see, Jason, this is the problem. You never took the craft you seriously. Took the, you never took the craft pro- seriously, yeah. But then I love it because, once again, set up and payoff. You had the digitizer the, and yeah. the rock monster. And then yeah, the bickering go, was great. 
but then later you know yeah. when guy's Fred. thinking to go in and sacrifice himself fred goes oh no 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 and besides her i got this really great idea and they yeah. digitize it in and as it's destroying these guys and shooting them out in space you hear fred say it's the simple things in life you treasure yeah. <laughs> like i said the fred character every single time he opened his mouth it was something that is memorable yes he really did and like like uh when they land on the planet and he immediately opens the airlock and guy's like what are you doing we're on an air we're on an alien planet you don't know if there's air and he goes yeah seems all right to me yeah (laughs) or you know goes seems all right he opens it before they do a test it's so uh and again it was just i i honestly don't know what else i can say that can't because all I'm doing right now is just convincing myself how much I like this movie more. Actually, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. I said the same thing to you. I've, I watched, I said, when I talked to you, I watched it twice, and I, I have forgotten how much I love this movie. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I can't remember the last time I watched it, and it, it wasn't in Mexico. I know that much. So it had to be like five, six years ago. Yeah, that's a long say, like time. Six, to, seven years ago, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, watching it with you. Now, granted, when I watched it with you, we weren't really focused. But no. we were still talking about it. Like, we loved it. Then I watched it. Oh, we were still again. doing lines and talking about stuff that was coming up. Like, I mean, it, it was, yeah. I had and no we disconnect talking. from the movie. Yeah. And no. then I watched, you know, I watched that documentary, which made me appreciate the movie a million times more. Cause it was yeah, I'm going to watch it. I need to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Um, yeah. I'll send you the link on YouTube, um, which is where I found it. Um, so I'll send you the link for it. But yeah, it's great. Because you can tell all these guys love it. And they don't even talk to just the cast and crew they talk to as the damon lindelof they talk to will wheaton a couple of times oh nice they talk to actual galaxy quest fans at a convention will wheaton who refuses to age yep oh he's got this really bad neck beard in in these interviews by the way <laughs> oh jeez. but they talk to fans like galaxy quest fans like they talk to cosplayers who dress up as the thermians and they're going to mm-hmm. the alamo draft house a showing of it Oh, that's and they cool. have the director, the scriptwriter. Yeah. They have Enrico Colatoni there, and one of the cosplayers says, "You know, he's my hero. Honestly, if I could, if I get to meet him, I would. Just, if I don't get to meet him, fine. But if I do get to meet him, it's going to be great." And they show the meeting and everything. Oh, that's cool. And um, they at the end of the screening, they get asked the question, "You know, what do you think is the legacy of Galaxy Quest?" And everyone, the director, the scriptwriter, production designer, the actors, all just point to the audience. You know, and honestly, that's that's it. That is the legacy of Galaxy Quest. It's yeah, it's the fans. And so I will, I will if, go ahead because I want to do oh. something. Yeah, go oh, ahead. well, I got I, I got two more things. Sorry. Oh, okay, no, no, things. no. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Um. So you know, and then I watched that documentary, and it made me appreciate the movie so much. And then I watched it again afterwards. I watched the movie with mum and dad last night, and you know. Oh, they had to love it. I know you're oh, yeah, your they, dad. They've loved it. They've loved it so much. And that's the thing. We're laughing and, you know, we're talking about, you know, we've seen the movie a lot and we're all three of us are just going, this movie just rocks. Yeah. It's a love letter to fandom. It's a love letter to just, yeah, it's a love letter to fandom and all that. There was nothing else you can say about it, really. That's what no. we were saying last night. I'm not saying that's what, you know, I'm not saying that's what we were saying last night. Like we were, <laughs> I enjoyed it immensely. And it's yeah. like top, it's, it, it's, it's in the top 20 favorite movies. 
Yeah, I might actually move it into there now that I've I've watched it again. Yeah, and like you said, yeah, that's, that's the thing, the revolving top 20 that I have. Yeah. It's an evolving, revolving list. And but, as I remember movies that I haven't seen in a long time or rewatch movies I haven't seen in a long time, I'll include them into it and then yeah. do my exercise. Would I rather watch this or this? And then slide Honestly, it up the board. And then... You know, okay, Gangster Quest is not a movie I, I will rush to watch over and over again. But every time I watch it, I always have a great time. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why, great... like I said, I have the first three Indiana Jones movies, I think, in my top ten. Yeah. And r regardless of your opinion or, or, any, or anyone's opinion on Temple of Doom, for me, it's all about what would I rather watch. Oh, there's plenty I'd rather watch than Temple of Doom. <laughs> no, for me, there's not. But it's it's, yeah, it's, it's it's different. And it's like, I, you know, and, and it's, that, that's what I do with some of these movies. And then I get surprised on going, wow, I really do like this movie that much. Because yeah. there's other movies that I think I love more. And then but... as the movie slides past it, I'm like, and then, so then my, my, my heart goes, wow. Like it, it's, it's like a real, like eye opener for myself. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a great exercise. I actually, anybody listening, do that, do, do a top 10 list. You don't have to do a top 20, do a top no, 10 list top of five. even top five. Even top five. So, yeah. yeah. Well, top five is really hard. Okay, top 10. Top 10, top 10. If you're a movie, like a true, like deep movie fan, do a top 10 and do your top 10 favorite movies ever made. And do the, do the, you know, one to whatever. So you're going to start at the top because those are the, the ones that come to mind immediately. And it was like the top three were easy for me. And like I said, I had one, two, and three, super easy between Raiders of the Lost Ark, Fifth Element, and Mummy 99. That was so easy to do. After that, I'm going, I'm starting to sweat a little bit because I'm like, oh man, do I really like Jurassic Park more than this? I'm like, oh, uh, do I really like it? Like, I was like, I was actually having like, like I had to like take a break and go, Wow. Because now I'm like my whole belief system with my movies is is all is all jacked up because you you, you you had to go for a walk you had to search your soul it was a dark night of the soul man I had to I look understand. at this the 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 two sun setting over the Tatooine desert as the John Williams score yeah that was like me yeah. I was I was a better Luke Skywalker and I said, no no I no. I meant with staring off into the distance. Because, uh, uh, you know, you, you don't have the hair anymore to do. The, don't have the hair. And um, if I did, the hair would be too long and it would just be whipping in front of my face and ruining the shot. Exactly. See, so yeah. no, you, you can't do you can't do better than Mark Hamill as Luke. Sorry. I'm OK with that. Yeah, I know you are. I'm okay with I, that. I had to tell you this. I, I was going to tell you this. I forgot to tell you this, but you just reminded me when you mentioned Temple of Doom. Uh oh, so earlier today, Dan and I went out and we, we have a shop out here called Zing and it's pop culture. Mm -hmm. They've got Funkos. Nice. So I showed my dad the Indiana Jones Funkos. Oh, now, nice. Now, he didn't have the whole set, but I showed him, they had the bolder one, and I showed him that, and he instantly went, that's badass. Yeah. And then he's going, he's, he's holding the little idol too. Yeah, so he got, got really the, excited. They, yeah. they, had, they had the three indies. So mm -hmm. Jacket Indy, No Jacket Indy, Temple of Doom Indy. Okay. Uh, is he him, holding the Shankara Stone, or is, he, is it the one I have? It's the one you've got. With the whip. He's got the yep. sword and the whip. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I showed, uh, that was the first indie I showed dad. And he went, oh, that looks really cool. And then I showed him the other two. He goes, they're okay. But the one with the sword and the whip, that's really cool. Yeah. Because that's the iconic sword at the end with the with yep. the suspension bridge, with the sleeve missing. Yep. Like that's the iconic. The other two are cool. 
but they're just but not, but not. Yeah, nah. I didn't buy them. I didn't buy those. Like I could have because Hot Topic okay. out here, it, that indie is an exclusive to Hot Topic in the in the U.S. Yeah. And um, I could have bought all of them. They had all of them. They had the entire release except but, for the Boulder. I see those two. The yeah. two just standard indies are boring. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking. I'm not a collector of the Funko sets. I'm a collector no, of certain pieces. And that's the same thing for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, when you mentioned Temple of Doom, I, I had to tell you that. So, what were yeah. you, you, you were going to say? I think you were going to start wrapping everything up by the sounds of No, it. you said you had two more, and I think you only did one. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. The, the other yeah. one was. No, what um, I'm going to do is going to help wrap up, but it. Okay, so it, let me get can, my set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can wait. Then. Um, it can so, wait. since the movie came out and, you know, it's got this cult following and this love. They've been trying to do sequels and all this, and they did announce that they were, that they had signed a deal with Amazon, the original scriptwriter. Everyone, they were going to do a TV series. A for the oh, for the show, okay. Galaxy Quest. It was going to be like, a sequel. Sequel to the fan movie or sequel to the Galaxy Quest TV show? I don't. I think it was a sequel to the movie. Okay, because that would have been hilarious if they actually made a Galaxy Quest TV show with like them in character. <laughs> that would have been so funny. But so they, everyone was back on board. Everyone was on board. Everyone had signed the agreement. And then Alan died. It. And that's what, and again, when Alan Rickman died, yeah, everyone just said, we can't do this without him. No. Yeah. So you can't do it without Lazarus. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's one of those cases where you kind of go, man, like we talked about this the other day. We talked about a sequel potential and how you could do it. Yeah. But when you really think about it, I can't think of anyone who, you know, okay, you wouldn't replace, you wouldn't recast the role, but I can't think of any actor who could play a similar role, except for maybe Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye. Oh yeah, Bill Nye could do it. Uh, he he's 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 he got that similar. same thespian chops and the same speech pattern and the same. It wouldn't be Lazarus. You no, do it wouldn't a, be Lazarus. No. You'd have to do a separate character or i always said like what they should be doing with harry potter is they should be doing a snape origin story with adam driver and just because he he looks just like him i know he can act no 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 snape origin story no no to a snape origin story because he was a mopey emo who was in love with um lily potter like to a stalker level so no i'm talking like before Oh, you're talking about when he was a a, um, a death, spy, eater. death eater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the spy that, that, version. Okay, okay. But see, I, I can't. I don't see. That could be Driver. dark and brooding and like really like. I I, could be cool. I don't see Adam Driver for that. Okay, he looks like him, kind mm-hmm. of, but I don't see him for one reason. Just think of Kylo Ren in that first new Star Wars movie, having a hissy fit with his yeah. lightsaber and smashing everything up. <laughs> yeah. And 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 honestly, Adam Driver looks like he's about to cry at the drop of a hat. Yeah, that was a great story arc that they killed by killing the wrong hero. Yeah, um, whole another so whole yeah. other problem. So what we what what were you gonna do? Sorry. I was gonna steal your ending and say uh, in one word or less, what did this movie mean to you? What what was your description of this movie? Because I have I, I, I have I, I I have to do three words. I have to use three. Yeah, words. I'm gonna three use words. I'm gonna use two compound words. So. Really four, oh, um, actually, two compound um, words. <laughs> it's got to be four words. For it to make that's sense, right. I have to use four words. Sure. Love letter to fandom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my my two words are, uh, there's a there's a, a slash in, there's a forward slash in between the words because it's kind of, 
this or that's this. Not, that's not this a compound this. word then. No, there's it's word. it's two words, but there's there's a hyphen in but the middle, said, or, or not a hyphen. Is it a, it's a hyphen or a slash? Slash, forward it's slash. It's not compound. It's not a compound word. Compound oh. word is it's a hyphen. There's it's two compound words, but I'm putting a slash you in between them. You, no, you said it's a compound word. That's how you started it. Now I said it was two compound it. words, so it's really four. That's what I said. No, you said it's a compound word. That's all you said, and now you're saying it's this and that. I taught English for five years in Mexico. I've spoken English for 38 years. English? 30, yeah. That's, that's, oh, that's American Yankee English. talk. That's US. Yeah, that's Yankee talk. I'm okay with that's that. US. That's not English. That's US. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is not the king's tongue. Says the Aussie. Hey, we're close to the... Yeah, I'm you close are. To, yeah, I'm closer to the king's tongue than you are, mate. You're closer to the king's tongue and you're further away from them. <laughs> I think that's good. That's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. How about you? How would you sum it up? What's your, uh, what's your four com your, your your two compound? So my words? two compound words are masterclass mm -hmm. in for the storytelling because we just talked about you can't like realistically yeah. there's no holes in the story and the way that it was delivered was like seamless it was perfect and then masterpiece in that I can watch this and. I can't find anything I would do differently. I can't find a actor I would replace. I can't find it. There's like, there's so much positive about this movie that you sit and watch it and go, that was really damn good. And you're like, because like a lot of the other movies, like I can admit that there's stuff wrong with Temple of Doom. I'm like, I got no Mario brothers. We gushed over it, but we could admit there was a lot of stuff we would have done differently. You know, like, would I have loved to see the R-rated version of this movie? Sure, but I don't care. Well, that's it. Um, it didn't need to be R-rated. That's the thing. Right. It, it, it yeah. wouldn't have. It wouldn't have the same vibe. It wouldn't have the same flow. It would have felt awkward. Although, if you're going to do the PG-13 one F-bomb in the whole oh, movie, oh, Sigourney Weaver screaming it with the crushers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, that's the moment. <laughs> no, what does she call him? Oh no, he goes. Then you got to go right through the chompers. Trumpers, yeah. Yeah, Justin Long, Brandon goes. This, this was a, ba a badly written episode. And then whoever should, whoever and wrote this episode should, needs to die. I love it. I love it. They've got the chompers and then and then through the fire. <laughs> but the way she says it at the end, whoever wrote this episode needs to die. die. Yes. Not should have died, needs to die. <laughs> like she's going to go kill him herself. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it was a masterpiece it's just as far as cinematography, as far as the, the casting, as far as the writing, everything. And it. And it, once they get in onto the ship and they go into space, it it has a proper Star Trek vibe. Yeah, it that's does. they nailed that a hundred percent. Yeah, it goes from the drama. It has the comedic chops. It has the sci-fi adventure. It has the 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 the, the friendship, like the reconciliation we were talking about. The 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 loathing. You know, there's so many different aspects to this relationship to this on this cast. Um, well, the cast meaning the galaxy quest cast not the actual actors um and their relationship and it's like it's so complex and so dense but it's so easy to follow and it's just because it's super well written yeah it's super well written yeah i agree 100 like you said from storytelling aspect it's a master class yeah it really is yeah. oh yeah 100 um and yeah, not even I, written I, I, as a comedy it's written as an adventure movie that's just well, the way, um, the way Dave Pariser always looked at it, he didn't look at it as an adventure. He didn't look at it as a comedy. He looked at it as a character drama. 
Yeah. I mean, I like, can seriously. That. The, yeah. yeah. And that's the way he filmed it. That's the way he wanted, he, he, you know, he didn't want any winking at the camera. He didn't want anyone yeah. to act like they were in on the joke. They, he, he, he and the actors all treated it like a drama, which yeah. honestly, you have to play it straight. It's like Princess Bride. You have to play it straight. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. That was the other masterclass and masterpiece we were talking. I mean, we've had a couple, but that one specifically because there was no intended or very, except for, I guess we'll say, except for the Billy Crystal stuff. Um, there really wasn't but even, any, but that's even just, that, that wasn't, that was just delivery. That's just delivery. That's the character. Yeah. There really wasn't anything in that movie that was intended to be hilarious. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the premise. And there's it's so many just, good parts. It's yeah. the character. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, like, honestly, you could do Princess Bride and Galaxy Quest as a double feature. Yeah, you could. Well, like, it, just simple lines in this movie, right? So, um, when Garignac forms, when the rock forms, Tim looks mm. at him and goes, oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, that could have been anything. That could have been any expletive. That could have been any shriek. And he's just like, he knows he's screwed. He's just like, oh, darn. <laughs> and that's the classic Tim Allen right there. That's the home improvement Tim Allen where he's like, oh, yeah. The, the family Tim Allen. And that yeah. came out so well in this. I mean, again, uh, I can't gush over this movie enough. R really reliving it over this past, really the, just the past week watching it, um, re-watching it, um, and just remembering, you know, how much how much we both uh, love it, not just me. Yeah, definitely. So. Oh, I'm for sure it's one of those movies. If you haven't, like, honestly, if you know, yeah. you're know listening to this, you haven't watched it in a while, put it on. You're just going to have a great time. Yeah, if, 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 if... And tell them that we sent you. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you have any, like, deep-seated, semi-kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, ashamed fandom, but it's, like, one of those fandoms where you the know you're... Pleasure. The guilty pleasure. No, 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 but you're, when you're a fan of something and you know you're a little bit over the over-the-top fan, and sometimes oh, it's a little... More, when you're more a fanatic. Yeah, and, and like, to, like somebody that isn't a part of this world, it feels almost embarrassing sometimes to talk about it. But then when you're a part of the world and you're talking to other f fans of the same strength of fans and you get so nerdy and dumb and so excited to talk like we do on this show where we just sit here and gush over this stuff. I could have conversations like this with some of my other friends and I feel like an absolute idiot sometimes. Really? See, th th okay. I think that may be because you're american and you got and you're repressed because when i was in mexico i could i'd have these sort of conversations with mexicans in my classes i would teach and yeah. you could tell that these guys had no idea what i was on about but i wouldn't care because i was talking about something i loved yeah no that's true so i think i think it's probably because you're, you're you know you americans you're repressed i am oppressed no repressed <laughs> i know like, you know you, you puritans <laughs> my puritans i mean i have a shirt that says illegal on it <laughs> i mean yeah. It's the best so commercially you're, you're... best commercially available mezcal in the U.S. Oh, I thought you were saying that you yourself are illegal. No, it's mezcal. It's delicious. Mezcal, the Ilhigal Añejo is stop, stop, amazing. Stop rubbing your chest like that. It's quite unnerving and seductive. I love it. And their 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 That's company the their company logo is three rabbits humping each other. <laughs> Now I want to, okay. Look it up. I want to try. Yeah, no, I, I will when we're finished. Yeah. I actually think I have a koozie with that logo on it. I have you have a what? Beer koozie. You know what a beer koozie is? What are you, from I a cave? Know. No, I've just never, I, I know what they are. 
Takuzi. I've never heard it called a koozie. Like when you literally buy it and you scan it, it says beer koozie. That's like what it's actually called. That's not like a slang term. That's like what it is in the sales systems. They're called koozies. <laughs> or if you want to call them a can holder, which is like. No, 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 no. We don't even call it a can holder. We, we, we call it a. I don't know what we call them because I don't use them. I'd have to ask my brother. So I'm right because you can't even come up with it. <laughs> no, let me ask my brother. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what Tom I'm, says. I'm, la- I'm, I'm laughing. I'm, I'm laughing just because of something related to the pronunciation. That's all. Oh yeah, family show, family show. You, you already said you already said Chicago once, so we're not gonna we're not gonna say it again. Shawshank Redemption. Chicago, you're out. Come on, get up. Go. Come on. Are we cutting that out? <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end. She's saying, come on, you're out. Get out. Go. <laughs> that's probably the best place to end it. Yeah, I don't care. That's fine. So what was that? That was one. I'll just end it and I'll figure it out at the end. So it's yeah. 132. That's fine. All right. Let me uh, let me end recording. All right. That's funny.